Causing the Effect, a podcast focused on the exploration of your mind, body, and spirit. Yeah, what is going on causing the effect community? More importantly, Mrs. Abby Metcalf, how you doing? Hi, I'm really well. It's so good to be here. New Yorkers. We are two New Yorkers. <laughs> um, Abby does slightly remind me of my mother. So this is just going to be interesting. Um, I connected with Abby through a podcast relationships made easy. I highly suggest it. Just her doing her thing, but really focused on relationships, um, author, psychologist, the people we all love to talk to. Um, I listen to more self, the one on uh, self-discipline, Abby, and self-control. That's like our whole shtick here. But um, give me your journey. Where did, where did all this start? I know it started in Long Island, but where did it all begin? Well, not in Long Island, in New York City. Um, oh, my brother moved to Long Island later. But What, Manhattan? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hell's Kitchen uh, back in the day. And, uh, you know, I'm a recovering heroin addict, which I talk about a lot on the podcast. And that really brought me into the therapy world and that kind of thing. Um, but I started, you know, I, my undergrads in poli sci, you know, I was going to be a lawyer. We were talking about that yeah. and, uh, you know, went off to Columbia and then was in Israel, moved to Israel as I was trying to get clean. And anyway, it just sort of came to be that I was very good working with people and I kept getting feedback that I should look into counseling. And so I, you know, I shifted, I moved back to the States and then uh, over the years, it just started building. And I went from counseling kind of drug addicts to the business world. Cause I wanted to uh, impact more people. So I went and got an MBA <clears throat> and then I was doing that, <clears throat> excuse me. And I was working with a lot of people. Uh, and really what I ended up doing at the end was working with executives who had drug and alcohol problems in uh, international M&A. <clears throat> and then I went and got, so my PhD is actually in organizational psychology and I have mm -hmm. a master's in counseling psychology. And you know, cause you're in New York, Jews from New York, you know, we just go to school. It's what we do. It's like it's what we like to do. The more get letters, that's, that's the same thing with my go mother. Go get a degree. My, I was just telling Ab before, my mother still pitches me to become a doctor or a lawyer every, every, every week. Just you sure you don't want, cause like, sure? I'll tell, Abby, I got three cousins. I hope they're not all none of them work, but they have eight or nine degrees each. By this point, MBAs, philosophy degrees, it's just it's just like a, a point yeah. of, of reference at this point. Yep. But okay, now I didn't I didn't realize you were a heroin act until I heard it in the episode. And I was so shocked because I was like, Abby? Like I, I looked at you, I, I had the doctor, psychology, the whole thing. Like, how did you go from well, first, A, I I, I don't know if I could ask you, but like, how is the heroin? Because I always want to know how heroin is. And like, what did that Abby look like? And what oh. was like, how did you get here? To like yeah, I don't know person. how anyone gets here. Um, yeah, well, anyway, yeah, uh, it, you know, that was back in the day when we were doing speed balls, you know, John Belushi was dying, you know, I'm pretty old. So Rock it, and it, roll. Was a long, it was a long time ago and it was all happening. And um, it was, yeah, a really crazy time. I went to a lot of rehabs and I, you know, went to 12 steps, but I did a lot of when I first you know, I kept trying to get clean over years um, and I tried everything. So I've walked on hot coals with Anthony Robbins back when there was 250 people in the room. Mm. So he actually hit on me way back then. Uh, I looked like his ex-wife, Becky, like the yes. first wife. <laughs> I, I am a 
I'm at the end of my Tony Robbins coaching. Okay. I've been doing it two years. So I'm, I'm He's with great. You. I love Tony. Yeah. Love him. Changed my life. Really let me know that I could actually be a different person than mm-hmm. I was, than a liar and a cheater and a feeling like I was the worst scum of the earth, you know? Sure. Um, and then, and I did Est back when that was Est, not Landmark with Werner Earhart. And I did Life Spring. And I mean, if there was something to try to change my life, I did it. Like I was desperate um, and, you know, moving across the world, Israel, like I just was willing to try to save my life no matter what. And, you know, in that I have, um, you know, <laughs> done 12 steps. I've done a course in miracles. I've done, I've been a practicing Buddhist for many, many Jubu, we like to call ourselves <laughs> for many, many years. I was met. I've been meditating 19 years, I figured out the other day, you know, back before it was kind of cool, uh, meditating steadily, but I first tried meditation in the late 80s. I mean, it's just been, it's been a journey of growth, you know, and I continue, I can't wait to see what's next, you know, what, what else is out there, but I'm always, I read a book a week. I have been for 17 years. I think I figured that out the other day. I I'm constantly voraciously trying to be better and, mm-hmm. and grow. And uh, I follow teachings of Abraham now, and, you know, I've been through city yoga. I mean, every spiritual you can imagine, I just, I glean things from sort of many, many different spiritual backgrounds and, uh, it's really helped me. And I, spirituality is at the base of everything I do. No, everything I do. that's why I love your podcast. Cause there's a lot of those. That's the hard part. When people jump into spirituality, it's like, where, where do I start? Especially if you get thrown off the personal development stuff, which again, love Tony Robbins. I think it's a good starting point. I think it's a good yep. way to, to do, but then there's the other side of being, and like, it, it's so funny. All I, I knew you'd bring this up. Cause like I, you remind me of me. Cause I've been studying Buddhism for like the last five years. And now mm-hmm. I've, I really decided like, I want to get deep into Tibetan Buddhism, just, just mm-hmm. to, just to have a community around me and sure. all that stuff. But um, addiction is at the, is at is a core thing of my family. So my father's been a recovering everything person for like 20 years. And he was, um, I'll just, I'll tell you, I don't know if you know, my father was in the uh, Gambino crime family Mm -hmm. and then had to go into the witness protection program when I was six. So he disappeared when I was around six years old. And now you can start doing your psychology thing. Like, well, this is what fucked him up. So um, not knowing what happened. Now I found all this out two years ago when my grandfather got out of jail and my grandfather told me, I was put in jail by your father. Your father ratted on me and put me in jail because they were in cahoots together. So, yeah, that's so that's the this is going to be a movie. I've got goosebumps everywhere. Yeah, Yeah. I love it. Okay, I'm going to have Ryan Gosling play me. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be a I got to just finish up, you know, doing this whole big career of mine. But um, no, no. so was addiction in your family and like was because like even in my 20s, I still struggle with some things, but like gambling, women, sex, everything I've, I've like been addicted to, like, was that in your family? Like, how did you end up breaking this, this whole cycle? Yeah, you know, it is. And so I was introduced to that young and I, I have a brother who was in jail. You know, Jews don't go to jail. Right. minded. Uh, I have, and I have another brother who's a multimillionaire, you know, like we all sort of did our thing, you know, but addiction has been my sister's in recovery. You know, it's been, uh, it, not my parents, my parents were very straight, married for 53 years, you know, that whole thing. But uh, all the grandparents, you know, there was a lot of addiction throughout the family. And so, yeah, you know, it's genetic and I worry about my own kids and all that. But uh, although they're doing great. Um, but yeah, so, you know, it was I don't know. You know, I think there's just that I never gave up on myself. I've, I still don't. You know, I still am very imperfect and still working on stuff. And I just 
I really enjoy the journey. I'm really in love with the journey, you know, with what's happening. It's pretty great. Now that that's a tidbit of wisdom that even I fall out of, right? Chasing money or chasing, you're chasing something like, when did that start to change for you? And was there like a, a, a light bulb moment that it stayed permanently of, of really enjoying the journey? I don't think it ever stays permanently. I, yeah. I think it's always, there's time, you know, it's tax season right now. And I made a lot more money last year than I thought. And I suddenly owe more money. I was like, oh my God, you know, <laughs> it's, um, which is a, but it's a, also a wonderful thing. Great, and man. I think the difference is that I consistently now see contrast or something that's quote unquote negative happening as a signal because that there's something to look at. So I have, gratitude's a strong word. I have um, understanding now when things happen that I don't like, unwanted things, that they're there for a reason. And it's a wake up call in some way for me. Uh, you know, in this case, to tighten up my money a little during the year when I'm paying my quarterlies, you know, which is good. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay. And there's money, you know, it's like, okay. Or it could also be, oh, maybe I just want to make more money somehow. Oh, maybe I'm supposed to be thinking of a new idea. So I make even more money. Let me put that on my meditation. Uh, maybe this is, you know, it's all the maybes. What life is happening for me, not to me. That I know. Mm -hmm. So everything that comes now even though I can have those moments, obviously if someone dies or something horrible happens, I don't sit there going, oh, this is great. I, that's crazy. We're not supposed to. And I don't wallow in it. And I don't, I don't lose my faith in what I know to be true in the world. And by the way, a lot of my faith is based on science. For me coming up the way I did, you know, everything was all this religious stuff, right? 12 steps. And, uh, you know, I grew up in a very Jewish household and we went to temple and all that. And for me and my cynical brain, I had a really hard time with that, <laughs> with this idea. And it wasn't until I studied quantum mechanics and quantum theory, which I'm a huge, big nerd about, yes. um, that it changed my, it truly changed my life. And that was when I was first doing my dissertation. So that's like my early thirties. Um, when I was first looking at, oh, there's actually science about why our, my brain gets stuck in this way. You know, for example, like the Course in Miracles, which I'm sure you've sure. Right, heard about. Yeah. Course in Miracles is this wonderful, this woman says that Jesus spoke to her and she wrote this book and all that. And I'm a nice Jewish girl, right? So I'm reading all about Jesus. And, um, but the course, it's like a daily course. And, but it all boils down to that. There's two things, love and fear. And you could be coming from love or you could be coming from fear. That's it. Whatever you're doing, it's one of those paths. And for me, I was like, well, that's kind of black and white and ridiculous. And, you know, it's so, you know, just diluted into whatever. But when I studied brain science, <laughs> you realize that when your amygdala is lit up, when the fear part of your brain is lit, right? So where all your fear is based, all the worry, all the anxiety, all the depression, all the bad stuff. When that part of your brain is lit up on a functional MRI, it looks like the part of your brain, your prefrontal cortex, your neocortex, where your we, where your values, your thought, your problem solving, your uh, right and wrong, your values, your judgment, your long term planning, that part of the brain, it looks like there's a blanket on it. So you literally, literally, from a brain perspective, can't come from love and fear at the same time. You cannot. Pro the word problem solving is wrong. If you're in a problem, your amygdala is lit up and you can't solve it. End of story. So you have to be, so when I'm talking to people and I'm telling them to, you know, 
do what I do, you know, follow this thing. Here's the research. Here's what my clients do. Here's what I do. Here's how you're happy. I, and I can speak in very spiritual ways. I know it's grounded in science, which for me helped me not be skeptical <laughs> about the whole thing to really understand Oh, so if I'm sitting there worrying, you know, maybe I have a client who says, yeah, but I have to worry, Abby, my taxes are due and I don't have the money. Of course, I should worry about that. That's reality. I'm saying, well, it's actually not because our brains are skewed towards negativity. We know this. There's tons of research about it. We know that we perceive things that are negative with more weight than things that are positive because of the, our, our evolution. So actually this problem you think you're seeing realistically, you're making it a bigger problem than it actually is. You're not seeing everything as realistic as you think you are. And the more you think about it, the more the amygdala is lit, the more that then uh, signals the hypothalamus to start in sending out stress-inducing hormones, right? Like cortisol and norepinephrine and adrenaline and neuroadrenaline. And then the more your hippocampus, which is the part of your brain that remembers things well, that puts things in a perspective, those stress hormones shrink and shrivel, literally the physicality of your hippocampus. So it makes you not remember well. It, <laughs> it destroys the cells there. It literally makes it physically in the brain look different. So when I'm stressed, that's all the things that are happening. When I'm worrying and perseverating about a problem, I'm making the problem worse. I'm not seeing it realistically. And I've shut off all my ability to problem solve well and to be creative about it. <laughs> so when I wow. say, hey, <laughs> you should be over here, right? Thinking differently about it. It's not because I'm like puppy dog tails and rainbows and oh, Abby just is positive about everything. It's about, no, I actually want to be able to solve the problem well. And so that necessitates that I don't stay in that part of my brain. Sorry, wow. I was lecturing. I didn't no, know. that's amazing. I'm clipping that and putting that. I got to remember that, that. That's amazing. Now, how do you, because I, I know you were based in science, but how do you balance knowing the base of science and then having the spirituality behind it? Because it sounds like it's very, you're looking at it very practically. I'm assuming you're not going too deep into reincarnation and all that kind of wacky stuff. Like you're looking at it, how it no. affects the mind and the practicality of it. I don't know. I'm, I'm way deep, man. Oh, I, good. Oh, okay. awesome. I know our souls never, you know, that's the quantum physics, right? We know that matter, we know that energy can't, right? Third law of thermodynamics, yep. energy can't be created or destroyed. I did a whole podcast episode on this, the, the real way law of attraction works, not the, I want a bike, I get a bike. That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But the actual way it works is very real. And so when you, when you understand that, I know that when I, quote unquote, die, that the energy that is me is still living on. It has to, it can't be destroyed. So we know, and I know that that came into, you know, that's been however you want to look at that, however you want to see that um, souls or however you want to think of that. I don't mind whatever language you use. I don't care, but you can't fight science. Like <laughs> it's the most proved quantum theory mechanics is the most proved science in the history of people. We, we know it Newtonian bet, you know, mm -hmm. we know this Those beyond a shadow of doubt at this point with what we know. So it's incredible to, so I just, cool. I don't have to guess. I, I no. know that all the things that sound crazy are very real. And so for me, for example, if I'm thinking here's simple, if I'm thinking about, I get offered like you, we were talking, right. My, podcasts are getting bigger and bigger. And, you know, I get offered a lot of things 
And what I do is when I hear an idea like, oh, what about this? Or even if I think of an idea, I sit with it for a minute and I see where my energy goes. Am I energized by this idea? Am I excited? Or am I enervated by this idea? Right? Am I, is my energy brought down? And it is the easiest, simplest thing to do. That is, you could say my inner being talking to me. I could say that it's, uh, you know, this, uh, we have more energy. We have enough energy in our systems at any time to light a 20 watt light bulb. So we electrical impulses, right? It could be that. I could explain it any way I want. All I know is that it works. That I then sit with it and think, is this making me happy or not? So interesting. I've been doing a weekly newsletter for years. And the other day I was going to do it and I realized I wasn't, I was feeling like a grind a little bit. And I love doing the newsletter usually. And I realized that because I, you know, I always make it, it's not, it's a love letter is what it is. It's not Mm -hmm. a newsletter. It's a love letter. And I always take some twist on life and I, it's meant to be inspirational, but to sit every week and find something inspirational isn't always easy. And I sat with it and I thought, oh yeah, it's feeling kind of draining. So I wrote the newsletter that's going out this week says, um, I'm going to take a few weeks off. Like it was such an easy decision. Now, is that the best business decision? Someone might say, oh no, you'd have to have your, you know, your newsletter. It's so big now and people are waiting and you disappoint people. I don't have to worry about any of that because if I'm doing something out of joy and love, that's why the newsletter is so big. <laughs> that's why my podcast, you know, that, years that's grow. The reason. Yeah. It's yeah. the reason. So the second it's not joyful. Oh, that's, I need to rethink it a little. It doesn't mean I have to stop forever and I don't plan to, cause I really do love it but I'm going to rethink it and get creative. I asked for feedback from my people who read it. Uh, what would you like to see? Um, I'm going to get creative about it. And that's it. And other people are like, oh, you can't stop. That's not a good idea. My business manager, you know, and I was like, no, it's a great idea, actually. I love, I love everything you're saying, Abby. You've taken science, mixed it with some spiritual, and then a little bit of the New York, like, if it works, don't break it. I don't got to yep. worry about it. Um, yep. That's that's so cool. So cool. Now, now to... The relationships, right? Ooh, relationships. Favorite. Your favorite, not mine. Um, I always get a little nervous when I'm talking to a relationship guru because it is not my strength. So I was going to ask you, what is the secret to relationships and what do you think? And it's funny. Ooh. I think you posted an episode on this. Like, I always do. Yeah, I'm always talking about the secrets. Um, successful relationships. Yep. Tell me about them. And like what I'm thinking, here's my, and I'll tell you my issue up front, Abby. So do I have to go backwards and do the digging and the trauma and deal with that? Or, okay, good. All right. I'll let you go. Just do your whole lecture thing again. No, no, no. I love that. No, keep asking. That is such a good question just to start with. And I do have people who come in all the time and I do a, um, I do do a background. I want to have an idea of what made you, got you here. But I say a lot, you know, our past doesn't equal our future. Our past equals our present. It's what you do now that equals your future. Mm. And so sometimes understanding something can really help propel you forward, right? Understanding something from your past can really help propel you, but you can't live in your past. We're not meant to, we're meant to grow. We're meant to be joyful. And if you're sitting thinking about bad things all the time and how, what a piece of crap you are and why couldn't I figure this out and what's wrong with me, how is that energy going to attract your dream woman? If you think about it, there's no way our thoughts create things. We do know that we, we know that everything that's ever been created was a thought at some point, you know, that that's what we know. The energy that our emotions, your emotions are the most important thing you have. And on an easy level, when I'm happy, 
and I'm have this energy, then I'm attracting, right? People are like, mm-hmm. oh, I want to talk to Abby. Oh, what if that was an interesting conversation? Oh, I love that. When I'm in that space. So right. So here's a secret right before this podcast, because we're in a relationship right now, right? I hadn't met you yet. I liked your stuff. I went and looked, you know, I'm like, oh my God, my New York, my New York boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so sure. And before we started, I jumped up and down here in my office, got my energy up because we're going to be sitting and I set an intention for how I want it to be and getting very mindful about really being helpful. I want every single person listening to take one thing away. That's what I always say. I'm like, I want them to be like, yes. Oh my God. That was so freaking good. Like one little (laughs) win I got one little thing that I'm going to repeat. And I want you to have it too. It's not just that, you know, it's our conversations, right? Going to create that. I do that before every client I meet with. I do that before every meeting. I do that before I walk in my house and say hi to my kids. I do that before I make dinner. I do that when I wake up in the morning. I do it all. I call intention chunking. I do it all the time. I align my energy with where I want to go, not where I don't want to go. Right? So that's Mm. the secret to relationship right there. If you were to go on a date... (laughs) Right. Even even before that, as you're scrolling uh, or looking or however you get dates, think about it. You need to have positive expectation. If you're like uh, all the good. I just I was talking to a woman yesterday and she said, oh, yeah, I met this really great guy yesterday. Of course, he was married. And I said, what do you mean? Of course, he was married. Listen to your language. What does that mean? Oh, there's no good men left. All the good ones are taken. Mm. All the good ones are married. Uh Uh-uh. To me, oh, look, you met a great guy and he's married. You know, there's great guys out there who can commit. He's not a unicorn. There's many lovely married men. So that means there's tons of them. So there's number one, before you even pick up the phone to swipe or to look or to go on the date or whatever, even before you go on the date, you know, even before you say hi, get your energy aligned. Get it like I am the shit. I am going to really attract an amazing woman. Uh, I deserve that. I want that. I can't wait to see who I'm going to meet. There's so many cool women out there. I meet them all the time. Yeah. Sometimes they're married, but I know they're there. So that's, what's going to happen right now. Okay. I got to think about where I'm going with this because people are listening. I know. Okay. Okay. Um, Okay. So you start there. So we're starting here. Now let's say I'm with you. Okay. And I will say ego aside. It's not, it's not a problem. Women yeah. love me. I know they're going to love me. Of course they do. You're adorable Whatever. and delicious little all human. That, yes. All that stuff, right? right? The issue I'm having, and I could be in my mind that like, <laughs> God damn. I wanted an ex, I wanted whatever. And I w- let's preface, married for a year and a half, divorced, I, 10 years, yep. all that stuff. Yep. So we do that. And it was like, I want this type of girl. Get that girl. And I get bored. Then I'm like, okay, that wasn't it. I want this type of woman. Get that girl. Bored. And I keep, I'm going to get in trouble. Abby, on this fucking, no, you're whatever, not. Whatever. No, it's so honest. But this, but this so keeps wonderful. happening and I'm so nervous. I'm like, is this just the way it's going to be? Like you get yourself, you know, put, you got your beautiful hair. You're working out, you do all this stuff and you don't care. And I'm doing my energy. I'm like you with the physiology, Tony Robbins. Boom. Yeah. That's why people love us. Do all this. And just so you know, I did all this before um, you came on as well. So I set my intention. I've done yoga. I've meditated for two hours. I lifted two hours. We're I'm adorable. in the zone. Yeah, we are the best. But. <laughs> Back to my issue here to be selfish. Uh-huh. Am I off of the the quick, you know, complaining I'm doing? Is this like I'm complaining? Is it a it's yeah, I'm I'm observing what's happening because it's it's making me so, a little it's making me a little nervous. Go. So you know about the RAS. Let's talk about the RAS first. Mm-hmm. 
right? You know the RES, and we'll repeat it for people who maybe haven't heard, right? Uh, I, I don't sure. know it by RES, but tell oh. me. Oh, 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 so that's a lot of what's happening here. Okay. So we have a reticular activating system. Okay, okay, then Everybody I do. Has it, okay. right? The yeah. RES. Yep. And what pe- people miss a, f- a couple things about it. What, so the RES is a filter between your conscious and your subconscious mind, right? Your or unconscious, as mm-hmm. psychologists say. So everything you think consciously, your RES sends it as an order to your subconscious to look for that thing because it thinks it's important if you're thinking about it, right? And the easiest example always is if you've ever bought a car, right? Or wanted to buy a car sure. and you yep. see that car everywhere and you can't not see the car. <laughs> it's like there's gray BMWs, like that's all they're making on the highway, right? That's your RES at work. It's very easy. What happens though with the RES is that it also filters out things that don't match because our brain is so economical and efficient after through its evolution. So for you, if you have anything in there hanging around that I get bored with women, I'm not really sure. This is a pattern I have. Even that I have a pattern of getting bored with women. Ah, get rid of that. Uh, I have a pattern of attracting women. I get bored with however you say that to yourself. Ugh. How about I, so right away, that's all your brain is going to focus on, despite all the women you've met who you didn't have that with, <laughs> despite all the people you meet and men too. think about that. Do you get bored with men? Is it just women? Like, how does it get bored with you kind of want a lot of stimulation everywhere? That's who you are. What's yes. wrong with that? So I am too. I just talked about my 27 different degrees because I, and I have the podcast and I meet with people and I do, I do so many different things in my business because it brings me joy and I like it. And I used to hear things like, you know, oh, she can't decide or she's, you know, got too many ideas in her head or uh, she can't commit or whatever. And, you know, there's that way to see it as opposed to I'm someone who likes to process in this way where I'm enjoying things and I get really deep and then I move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Because yeah, we're allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. So really, I would say to you, instead of having, first of all, I would get rid of an outcome, very Buddhist, you know, I'd get rid of some outcome that unless you get married and stay together forever, it's a failed relationship. That's a bunch of crap. Uh, that I am looking for someone to, who excites me to grow with, to learn from, to learn with, And that's all. That's what I'm doing right now. And you might find that you stay in a relationship like that for 30 years and never get married. I don't know. Or each one, what have I learned? What have, how did I grow? What am I taking with me? And, and is there a space where I didn't have to get bored? And that's just what I was thinking. And maybe I was afraid to ask for what I really wanted. Maybe, maybe you wanted a threesome or something. You just didn't want to ask for it. Maybe it was sexual. Maybe you wanted to uh, not see her as much as she wanted to see you. And then you got kind of turned off. Maybe you, you know what I mean? But we, we, I know exactly what you mean. I'm okay. living, I'm living what you mean. Okay. This is my, this so, is my these are all my issues. You just named is, all of them. This is what I do. So, uh, and this, by the way, when we're connected, it, people often will say to me, you're kind of psychic. Like, how do you know? And I'm not psychic. I, we all are. If, well, we're, either we're all psychic or I'm not like, it doesn't matter. It's because when we're really connected, we get that. Mm-hmm. We, st- I, I just, and when I take as an impulse, I'll say, and then people say, yeah, it's exactly it. I'm like, yeah, because somehow in that sinking that we're doing, I'm getting an impulse to say something and I've learned to trust it, that somehow that's the right 
whatever. Do you mm. know what I mean? Yeah. Even if the person disagrees with me in the moment, they'll often come back later and go, I was thinking about what you said. <laughs> and, and that was the goal. Maybe, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm just mm-hmm. the vessel for that. Right. But either way. So, but to judge all those things based on what you think, you know, right. Why are we judging any of it? Like, why isn't it just this thing that you're experiencing right now and enjoying? Why can't this be the fun of it? Why isn't this just fun? Why is there anything else attached to you want to have? You're talking about sex and fun and travel, I don't know, travel and um, time alone and discovery. These are all really wonderful love words to me. Yes, you're right. And the judging thing is like my biggest issue. We're working on it in Tibetan Buddhism class. I'm trying to get rid of it. I know where the seeds lie. We got to decondition them. Like, like what you're saying, because you said sex and judging. This is my issue. Then like my mind is so fucking hypocritical because it's like I've always wanted like a safe, nice girl, or at least that's what I thought I wanted because it's safer. You're not going to get hurt, whatever. Yeah. And then in my in my paths, I go, oh, maybe I would like I'm sexual i like you know things a little diverse i'm like oh i would like a sexually diverse girl so you get that and then i'm thinking this girl's a goddamn whatever a dirty girl whatever you want to call it and then i'm like shit there's i'm talking out of both sides of my mouth and i I, Uh i'm realizing this and i'm like is there just no answer here like i'm gonna lose i'm losing either way but i know what you're saying you're saying you have to not even get to that point of looking at this like just just be right and I will say, whenever I think something is a yes or no, or, 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 or only two ways, it's this or that, then I know I'm not, that's the fear part of my brain. Yeah. Because remember, right? Amygdala can only fight or flight. That's all. And we can freeze, obviously, with this different way that all happens, right? We can just kind of freeze. So that's like, I either stay or go. I either fight or run. I either, do you know what I mean? Whenever you're in that kind of, that two, just the two, that's when I always know I'm in trouble. When I only see two options, two choices, because that's certainly not the creative part of my brain. There's a million other things over there, right? There's a, there's so much else there. So, and instead of maybe, I think we tend to dilute is the wrong word, but we tend to, uh, what's that word, you know, bring things down to like very, small little atoms that we want to break down. And I would say, you know, she has to be this way and I want that. And it needs to be this. And I would say instead, I think love's very expansive. And so I want, I want to have this freedom. I want her to have freedom. I want us to be able to talk about it really well and be excited by it. Uh, I, I want to, oh my God, I want her to have ideas I haven't even thought of. Uh, I want to be able to say that makes me uncomfortable without feeling judged. And we can talk about that and she'll be excited by my discussion. Like she'll want to really go there with me. Uh, do you see where I'm going here? I, I see what you're saying. And I, I totally think you, different. this is what you were discussing on your episode. It was first, I think it's first about acceptance. And this is kind of yeah. what we're talking about here is like, stop thinking Scott. And if you're telling me this or that is is amygdala. I'm, my amygdala is activated way too much. I gotta, I gotta do there something go. different then. Yep. And yep. then the second piece you discussed was intention, setting an intention. Um, would just, you know, give me a little bit on intention. Like yeah, how, how I, would you go through that? Yeah. I call it the 18 second shift. 
because I've timed it because I'm that anal and crazy. <laughs> I've I like really that. timed it to see how long it takes and takes an average of 18 seconds. If you don't have 18 seconds, I cannot help you. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not willing to put 18 seconds in your day. But I would tell you that the big secret for all of this it, with the intention is positive momentum. Too often we wait too long to try to shift our thinking. And so if I have a car rolling on top of the hill, I don't run to the bottom to try to stop it. I'll get flattened. Mm. And most people are waiting till four, four o'clock in the afternoon. Their thoughts have been everywhere all day and they haven't been saying, you know, they've been whatever and worried and anxious and just on autopilot and four o'clock comes and they're like, oh, I got to get mindful. Oh, I should do this. Oh, I should. No, it's too late. It's too late. You can't. The car has flattened you at the bottom of the hill. Right. And so that's why you're, you know, binge watching Netflix and doing whatever, you know, doing the things you said you weren't going to do at that point, because you're sort of done. So instead, if the very, 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 very first thing you do, and I actually, I think it was Cass Thomas you had on not long ago. She was talking about this a little bit. When I, first of all, so when I, I set my alarm, my alarm goes off at 420 in the morning. And you know why? Because I think it's funny, 420. Okay. I'm sober 420. It's a little giggle. It goes off. And so the first thing I'm doing is kind of giggling. Number two, never, ever, ever, ever hit your snooze again. Don't even get me started on the snooze alarm. I do a lot about that and the science behind that, but the, it it creates attention residue. You don't focus as well. You're more tired than you would have been if you would turn off the alarm. But I'll tell you the big reason you don't do it from aside from physiology is because it's your first commitment of the day and you don't keep it to yourself. It's your very first commitment. And you've already said, nah, I'm not worth it. Sleep is more important than me, than getting up and not being rushed, than, than meditating, than taking care of myself. The, and I'm telling myself I didn't get enough. My first thought of the day, it's not enough. I didn't get enough sleep. I can't wait to get back in bed. Are you serious? <laughs> you might as well lay there and eat donuts and smoke cigarettes. Like what? And say, I'm going to have a great productive day. No, you're not. Although it sounds fun. Uh, do you know what I'm saying? Like right there. And it's not hard, but to take a moment and make sure that you get up, that you put your feet on the floor. And I set intention, right? The first thing actually I do before I set intention is I think of something good. So I might lay in bed and think about how good the sheets feel, you know, cause I've of course got very expensive sheets uh, and how warm and cuddly it is. I might feel like, you know, Gary's back and, and how warm he is and how nice that is. Uh, I might, uh, I have things around the bedroom. Like uh, this morning, there's some seashells on this shelf. And I was thinking of this vacation we went on where I got that seashell. <laughs> and I just took a minute to be in that very pleasant state, not happy. And my life is so great. Again, it's not, don't go crazy, but I moved into something pleasant because, you know, when we first wake up, there is usually some dread for people that, you know, researchers in tier Germany have been doing this long time and have found that first thing in the morning, we start releasing cortisol and other things, because of course we used to wake up in our yurt and there was maybe something attacking us, right. Or in our hut or whatever. And it, we, when you were asleep, you're most vulnerable. So when you're getting up, that first thing is like, am I safe? Am I okay? And that's when all that starts. So we want to shift that right away. You want to shift your biology right away. And then I set intention. And my intention when I go in the shower, well, I work out first. So I'm setting intention for a good workout, that kind of thing. And then when I shower, I set another one because my intention when I shower is different than when I was working out, isn't it? It's different when I cook breakfast for my kids. It's different when I drive to work. It's different. What I'm intending, what I want to see, what, where I'm focused is a little different with each thing. 
So I just keep like a plane, you know, going from New York to San Francisco, as we know, like, right, they're almost always off course. They're always just correcting a little Mm -hmm. bit, you know, right. Mm -hmm. It's that same idea, just correcting all day. I'm being mindful. I'm being aware. And for people I have who don't meditate or say, I can't meditate or any of that, um, you don't, you meditations. If, if there was a big hole in the yard, and I told you, you could fill that hole and there's all this dirt. And I said, here's a spoon or here's a backhoe. You'd probably want to use the backhoe and that's meditation, but you can fill it with the spoon and that's mindfulness, you know, mm-hmm. just, just straight up mindfulness. You can fill the hole. It's, it's even more, maybe your hands scooping, you know, it. So if you can be mindful all day like that and just be in charge of you, you're going to have better emotional regulation. You're going to have, you're going to be able to be in your relationships differently. You're not going to snap at people. You're going to be happier with yourself and how you show up at things. I mean, it's all better. It's all better. And again, tons of research about this. It's not just me saying it. It it's, there's a lot of research to back it up. And and you're keeping it's like what I've learned to do is keep my spirituality close to me. Keep that stillness close to me after my meditation. Um, You're you're keeping your intention close to you and you're actively taking those 18 seconds before whatever you're doing throughout your day and taking that and saying, I'm setting this intent. And is it like, yep. is it a, is it, is it a simple intent? Is it subtle? Yep. Sometimes it's to, a lot of times it's to be patient. I'm very impatient. So before I walk in my house, for example, it's almost always that way. Cause otherwise, you know, I'm the mom, right? I come in, I'm like, huh, oh, where's the homework at? Who are, where are people who started dinner? Did somebody walk the dog? Is right. This is what a lot of mm. women especially do. We get very, and the men listening are like, yes, I hate that. <laughs> it, it's because, right? We get very task or like, you know, and the women will say, well, this stuff has to be done. And I'm just trying to make their lives better. But I, I've, but when you walk in and you see the energy of people pulling back <laughs> because it feels like a lot, right? Or pushing back, like, don't ask me yet, or I'm trying to relax, or, you know, instead to think, I'm trying to be of service to my family. That is what I'm trying to do. I love them. I want their lives to be happier. Imagine just setting that intention. Before I walk in, I want to be of service. I want them to know how much I love them, how much I care about them. And guess what? I can still ask for how's your homework going from that place, which is very prefrontal neocortex versus did you get your homework done? Because I'm already thinking of the 40 things that have to happen later, which is very amygdala, scared, fear brain. Do you see Mm. the difference? It's Absolutely. the same question, but, and I will tell you the scariest part, my, my, my 18, my Max, my, my 18 year old who is senior in high school, he has, and he's so intuitive. I've come in the house and forgotten to set intention because maybe I came in a different way or I, you know, I forgot, you know, I'm human. I feel hectic or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he has, I swear every time he'll say, did you, cause they know I stopped the car. He'll say to me, did you not stop the car? <laughs> And I swear to you, he is right like 99% of the time. It's unbelievable how right he is. And he can feel it. And even when I tell myself, oh, I'm being calm, I'm fine. You know, (laughs) this energy is coming out. And everybody is listening knows because you've been talking to someone before who they were saying all the right things, but you felt like they were full of crap, right? And you were not listening. Oh, and the thing I say all the time, this is the best, best, best. This is the work of Timothy Wilson. Our conscious brains process information at a rate of 50 bits per second, but our unconscious brains process information at a rate of 11 million bits per second. Wow. So people don't hear what you say. They hear what you mean. 
That's what they're listening to. You might think, oh no, I said all the right things. Oh no, I, I calmed myself for a second. You know, <laughs> uh, no, I thought before I spoke, did you? Did, did you, maybe you thought about what you wanted to say, but did you think about how you wanted to feel? Did you think about how you wanted the other person to feel when you said this to them? That's setting intention. That's stopping to direct in a very conscious way where things are going, as opposed to problem solving, strategizing, all that's fine, but that's not, that's what you do second, mm. not first. And so when you get that, that that 11 million bits is always happening and that you're picking up on it all the time too from your people. And, and I use this example a lot, but it's what happens. So I'll tell someone, you know, you and I'll have this conversation, right? And, and you'll go away and go, okay, Abby said a set intention. I'm going to start doing that, right? And let's say you had a girlfriend right now and you started to be different with her and you started to set intention. Now she's going to be watching going, what's this? What, what's happening over there, Right. Cause she's picking up, you know, cause you're doubting it a little bit. You're not sure if it's going to work. Let's see. I'll try it for a week and I'll see. I love that one. That's just doubt, doubt, doubt. Mm. That doesn't even, I don't even think that counts. And, and this is what my clients do too. And now the other, your girlfriend is like, I'm not going to change. Cause I don't know what he's doing over there. Let's see how long it lasts. So she doesn't change anything. You keep being fabulous. And now she's not changing. So you're like, it, Abby, it doesn't work told you, and you go back to the way you were doing things. She goes, knew it. I knew it. I knew that was fake. And then you come back and tell me my tool didn't work. And like, no, 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 my tool works great. <laughs> but <laughs> you have to get that 11 million bits on board. You got to get rid of the doubt. You, this is the positive expectation. And you, you, you said something. I know. And you said the, the, the one that, that I'm clicking with is the, you have to feel it. You have to actively feel it. And I think, I mean, you could tell, I'm sure it's probably the same. I feel like for men, it's a little bit more, a little bit more difficult to feel. At least that's something I've, I've dealt the issue with yes. like actually feeling things in a, in a way, instead of thinking just um, feeling, but everything yep. you're saying is, is really it's resonating. kind of everybody though. I will say, everybody? I agree. Men have a harder time because of socialization, but here's a great tr thing to try with anybody work, home, anywhere. <laughs> say someone, Hey, how are you feeling right now? Like, like have a conversation and say, how are you feeling? And I will almost guarantee you, they'll tell you what they're thinking. Hmm. You'll say, how are you feeling right now? You know, you have a little exchange, right? Like maybe your mother comes up and says, you know, have you thought about law school again? Right. She's, she's, she's checking in. Anger. Uh, maybe you're complaining about work and you're having dinner with your mom and you're complaining about work. And she says like, you know, I don't know. I keep thinking law school would be so great for you. I don't, you know, I think you'd be such a good lawyer and I don't know why you won't even consider it. Okay. If you said to her right then, Hey, how are you feeling right now? Saying that to me, first of all, feel the energy drop in. Right. And what I almost guarantee your mom will do, and I love your mom. What's your mom's first name? Caroline. Caroline. Love you, Caroline. But here's Caroline's Caroline. listening. And just so you know what Caroline would do, um, it sounds like a mother of very rationality. My mother would say, Scotty, I filled out your application forms for Columbia. I'm going to send them. Is that okay? <laughs> That's what she would do I love in reality. Job. But but go ahead. So here's Caroline. <laughs> she, you say to her, how are you feeling right now? She's like, well, I just worry about you. And I, you know, I really think you have so much potential and that you're not living up to it. And, but, but see this, all the, all the thinking, all of her thoughts about you. So you would stop and you go, I hear all that, but what are you feeling right now? You and I are having this conversation. What are you feeling? Well, I just feel like you should do something. No, no, no. 
what are you feeling? I'm telling you, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm going to try this with her because no. it's she, the best. And right well, now, I, have, I would be told, Scotty, you're a fucking asshole. That's what she would say to, I to love me. Her saying so, much. That. so I'm going to keep so prying. Okay. Though. I'm going to keep prying. But not my. What are you feeling? Just tell me what you're feeling. Mad, glad, angry, sad, overwhelmed, worried. What? And she might say, well, I then maybe you'll get one feeling. Well, I just worry about your future or, you know, I just think there's a lot of other things. I'm telling you, sometimes people can't get off the thought because they don't even know what a friggin' mm. feeling is. Really, what your mom is feeling is anxious. She's scared. She's worried, right? Because of her beliefs about what a life is supposed to look like, right? Mm. I remember traveling all over the world, literally, when I, when I moved across the world. And my, everyone in my family was calling me the wandering Jew. <laughs> it was like this, <laughs> right? It was like this joke everyone had. Well, where are you living now? I'm so flighty. I'm living like this amazing life. Of course, no one else in my family has ever traveled anywhere. So they're afraid. They're watching me do something they haven't done. And they're worried for me. They might be a little jealous too, or envious. I don't know. But whatever it is, it's from a fear place. And yet here we are as people going, oh yeah, right. Oh yeah. We're letting their worry become our worry. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest thing. But when you help people, and that's the number one thing I could tell you for any relationship or anything, if you're talking to someone and you notice you're on a date, even first date, and you notice it's kind of getting weird or you're getting bored, <laughs> you're in the talk and you're feeling a little bored. I've done this with clients. I have to tell you, sometimes a client is telling me a story and I'm, I'm like, I realize I'm not fully present. I'm like, oh my God. And I'm really good at being fully present. And mm-hmm. I, and I stop them. Like, what are you feeling right now as you're telling me that story? And they'll, again, go to thought, but I, I bring them down. And I'm telling you, there is nothing like it. The connection, we connect with feelings, not thoughts. Nobody connects with thoughts. We connect with feelings. So when you get to that, and sometimes they'll say, oh, I, I don't know. I'm just feeling lost as I'm talking. Oh, you know, I was feeling a little lost too while you were talking. I realized I wasn't even like, what do you... What do you want to say to me? What does this boil down? I have the best conversations with clients when we do this, like, or with my friends or with anyone else. So imagine having that even on a first date, how awesome to set the tone. Well, how, how are you feeling? Oh, I'm a little nervous. What else? Uh, just nervous. Nothing else. I'm, I'm nervous too. I'm a little excited. You know, I'm, what else am I feeling? You know, uh, I'm feeling uh, sort of actually kind of content right now. This feels kind of good right here. You know, I don't know, whatever you're feeling. And that connection with people is amazing on every level, by the way, every level, if you want to sympathize with someone or empathize with someone, whatever it is, it's about the feeling connection, not the thought connection. That sounds like the best opening pickup line I've ever heard right there. So what are you feeling? What are you really feeling? I've I've dabbled in this game and it works. It works pretty well. You're so cute. Not a game. So that's the beauty of it. It's it's really, but you have to set that intention first. Like you'd go on your date, not thinking, I want this to go really well. I want, no, I want to really get to know this person and I want them to get to know me. That's my intention. Or because what does that mean? Go really well. I, I don't even know. What does that mean that you had sex later? If you want that, just have that be your intention. I'm really mm-hmm. hoping this woman is beautiful. I'm hoping she wants to have sex with me. That's fine. You're allowed. There's not, she, you're not doing anything horrible. Like as long as you're honest, there's nothing else there. 
and that doesn't mean you have to be honest and say, I just want to have sex with you, you know, but it does mean when sex, let's say it came later that you'd have no pun intended that you'd have to, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, stop though, and be clear about whatever your intentions are, whatever's happening and, or how you're feeling in the moment, any of that, that's okay. There's again, it's, it's the judgments about what that all means. Maybe sex is how you feel really physically connected, which helps you feel emotionally connected. I don't know. It, it, maybe sex is how you sabotage. I don't know, but whatever it is, you'll learn from it without having to judge it. For me, yeah, the second I get the sex, I just, I don't know. It's over. Is it the second? It's pretty close. <laughs> it might be, and it might not. I don't know. Or is it that I'm setting? Is that yeah. the story I'm telling myself? Exactly. Like, that's again another fucking pattern. Shit. Uh huh. But don't look at it as a pattern. What if you actually said, "I am not going to be bored after we have sex. I'm setting intention right now. I'm going to be feeling connected. I'm going to." Uh, find it really interesting what could be next. I can't wait to, to notice my feelings afterwards and really connect with those. Uh, I can't wait to talk to her about it. I can't do that. This is a thing you're trying to like avoid. So of course it's, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or not talk about, or I'm an asshole because I think this way. No, you're not. We're, 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 all, we're all allowed to have thoughts and feelings. Like that's just how it is. So, but to set yourself up that that's the only way that that works for you. I, I just think again, and then we have a confirmation bias, as you know, right? So you're sure, going to kind of confirm sure. what you think is true. So what else could be true? Not is true. What else could be true? Could be true. Could be true that I really want to have sex again. Could be true that I want to have sex in somewhere more exciting next time. Could be mm. true that I want to experiment in different ways. It could, I don't know. I don't know. We're taking some acceptance. We're setting intentions. We're being flexible with our thinking. I think that is that seems to be something that's popping yeah. up with, with this is um the rigidity and thinking something like that, right? that black and white. Yeah, is that something that you have to deal with, with with people? Is of is course flexible thinking. We all we all do it, right? I do it too. I get caught. You know, again, you don't get to somewhere where you're done. <laughs> you don't you don't get to another side because whatever happens, we're always growing and wanting more. So, and that's wonderful to want more. It's wonderful to grow. That's the whole reason we're here. I think you don't, you don't get anywhere. You just, you keep like, oh, that's really cool. Now, what do I want? Mm -hmm. And then you have a new thing that's tough to get, you know, and a new thing that's a challenge because we're supposed to keep growing and expanding. Not because I'm a jerk who gets bored. Right. Right. Yeah. It's it's just a different opening. It's a different opportunity to look at how you interact with people. Right. Also, yeah. Yeah. And what, it sounds like, what do you especially. think? Yeah. It's just women. The guy's stuff is, it's pretty good. I, I got pretty lucky. Good. And I think, you know, shout out to Caroline for dealing with me, you know, by herself for 30 years, you know, she did, yeah. she fucked it up. That's what, that's a whole nother story. But now to the relationship piece, what is another, what is a mistake that maybe people are making unconsciously that you constantly see, or you would say is the biggest one that, you know, pops up. Uh, The competition problem. (laughs) I talk about it ad nauseum. So most people come to me and say, oh, the biggest problem we're having is 
a communication. You know, we don't communicate well, we're not communicating, but it's never, that's, that's like the second floor of the house falling down because you don't have a good foundation and you keep trying to build that second floor without dealing with the foundation problem. And the big problem I see over and over and over and over is competition. We compete with our partners for resources. We keep score. We, you know, it's your turn to put away the dishes. Uh, I paid for dinner last time. So you pay this time. Uh, you know, I went out with my friends on Friday, so you can go out with your friends on Saturday. I bought this, you can buy that with, when you start having kids, it gets really crazy. You know, I took Sophie to baseball on Monday. You have to take Brian to piano on Tuesday. You know, it just doesn't stop. And when we're competing with our partners and keeping score, we of course don't want them to win. We want to win. If, if I, if I have Mm -hmm. limited resources, I want them. I don't, I don't want you to have them. (laughs) I want to win. So, and that becomes like, well, I did this, this, and this, and, you know, and you didn't do, you, you did only these two and I did these three and we start comparing what we do. We start uh, keeping a list of all the things we've done that they haven't done or watching what our partner is or isn't doing uh, and then judging it and deciding what it means. Oi, oi. He doesn't say he, uh, I just had this last week, uh, you know, he, he's not interested in sex. So he doesn't find me desirable and he wants a divorce. I was like, wow, has he said any of that? It's a lot of assumptions. <laughs> and of course she's like, no, he always tells me how beautiful I am and how devoted he is. So, so why does it mean this? You know, but we decide it means something from our own filter, right? What that means. Someone doesn't text me back right away. What does it mean? What, what does that mean? I, I know what it means. And of course, where we skewed negative anyway, but there's a, that keeping score and that in not understanding that in every relationship you're in, you're a shared battery. And if you are taking away from your partner, you're taking away from yourself. So if my partner is exhausted, I'm exhausted. And so this idea of always looking to the partner to pick up the slack or pull their weight or do their fair share is just taking away from yourself. And couples tend to do this, you know, just as an automatic, right? Something has to get fixed around the house. Well, I don't have time to do it. So you have to do it. Why don't we hire someone to do it? Why, why don't we decide we don't use that room anymore? <laughs> why don't we? I mean, there's a million things you could do. Mm-hmm. But this idea that we immediately go to, I'm overwhelmed. So you have to pick up these pieces because they have to be done. Do they have to be done? Are you sure? Is that just something you like? right? How, how else could this look? You know, there's a million things you can do there, but that's really what, that's the cancer eating at relationships that I see. And then, you know, uh, oh, I got this big promotion at work. I'm going to be traveling, you know, all over, uh, you know, maybe the wife tells their husband that, right. And then the husband goes, great. Now I'll be stuck at home taking care of the kids while I'm trying to work, you know, because they're seeing it as, right? Like there's a resource that we're splitting up mm. and now you're getting more, you're winning. So I'm losing. And you, you have to, have to, have to get that. If your partner's drained, you're drained. So like, for example, what I always say to people when, and we do it in my home, when I'm off traveling and working and doing things, we bring in resources from outside the couple to help with things. Right. 
So another parent to drive my kids when they were smaller, right? Or someone else to bring them to whatever, or uh, making sure that someone else was ordering in, in pizza every night instead of having a healthy meal, you know, doing things that take off the plate at home because I'm not there to help. So that doesn't mean now you just keep doing all the things that you already were doing, which by the way, was up to here and then more. And now I'm really drained. And then I come home and now you're exhausted, right? We're not going to have rock star sex. We're not going to have some really great, like, woo, I can't wait. Mm -hmm. It's so good to see you. And I'm tired from traveling. It wasn't a vacation. I've been in three different time zones. I've talked to 800 different people. I've been waiting in airports, right? I'm tired. Sure. And so this, I, but this is what couples do over and over and over. And then they wonder why, you know, they're feeling resentful and angry and, you know, not heard and everyone's exhausted. You, what are you supposed to hear? I'm too tired to even listen. So you gotta, gotta, gotta notice your language around keeping score, you know, your turn for things, the tit for tat stuff, all that. And you have to think we're a shared resource. So we either have to do two things. If, if things are coming in, it means we have to add a resource from outside the couple to help with it or take something off the collective plate so that there's room for one or both of us to handle the thing. You can't just keep adding to the plate. Mm. That, then that's what people keep doing. They just keep adding to the plate like it's some endless plate. It's, it's not. And then we have divorce and we have fight or, or worse than divorce, frankly, is miserable couples together. Isn't that? I think it's even worse than divorce. Yes. No. And that, that was basically the reason why I got divorced because like we would take me and the cousins would take uh, every January, we go to California. We were talking about California. We go to, we just go, there's eight of us. Um, we're all got, we've all lost a father. or don't have a father in some way. So we're 18 to 40. We all took a trip and my ex-wife would do the tit for tat and go, well, I have to go, I have to go to the, to the islands the next month. And then she would call me from the Bahamas and be mad that I made her go to, I, I didn't make you go. You're putting it in your head that you went that you had to go somewhere because I look, I've always looked at relationships. One, at least one thing you made me feel better. I don't, I don't feel fucked up, but it's, it's like, it's not tit for tat. It's like, what do you right. need in a relationship as a woman? Yeah. What could I do? And then I have other things. I need, I need to not be bothered in the first hour. I just want to meditate in the first hour. Yeah. That's it. Everything else is pretty, it's pretty yep. simple. So, all right. So we're not, I'm not totally. Again, off the how do you approach that as a we issue, not a you issue or a me issue? That's the issue. Now, right? now you nailed it. Yes, exactly. There you go. Cause I, like, I, I was listening. This is, this is the, <laughs> this is the problem. Cause like we did the Tony Robbins. We're all jacked up. We have all these things, but uh, my schedule's a little tight, right? We're doing comedy a couple nights. We're doing this. So when a woman starts becoming more of a part of it, I start to get really like tight and like rigid because I start kind of have a freak out. Um, because? Because I'm selfish. <laughs> no, no. Get rid of that because it feels like you're going to lose something. I am it doesn't feel something. like you're gaining. It doesn't feel like, oh, I've got another person. I've got more. I've got more energy for these things and bigger, right? It feels like, oh, I have this little finite box of time and she's going to take from that. And first of all, there's no shortage of time or money. End of story. These are constructs we make up. Mm -hmm. I, I'm sorry. There's just not. So like, when I have a day, you know, I always, uh, when there, I have a lot of stuff coming up right now and instead, and someone said to me recently, you know, Oh, wow, you've got some busy weeks. And I said, um, yeah, there's a lot going on. It's not busy though. There's just a lot going on. It's great. You know, I have, I have so much. 
that is a very different way as opposed to I'm looking at my schedule for the day or the week. Oh my God, there's so much. No, stop it. Stop it. (laughs) Just stop doing that. Wow. I have such a full abundant life. And guess what? If it's so full, maybe I could take something off. If it does feel like too much, what could I let go? What do I think I have to do that I don't? I remember taking the kids out of sports when they were little and, you know, like, no, no three sports. We're not doing that. You know, because you realize this is too much. much. I remember not putting money in retirement for a few years because we were paying for like extra babysitter, extra help. And I was like, it's going to have to wait, you know, and it wasn't even that long, but you know what I mean? Like we, we had, when the kids were really little, there was money, you know, money was tighter. There was a couple of years there where not much money went into retirement. Like I would like, because that was more important in the moment to pay for outside help so that we could stay married and happy and keep having sex (laughs) and Mm -hmm. so that the kids could be happy. Do you know what I'm saying? I know what you're, trust me. I I have my construct is um, whenever a woman gets close, it's like, I have this weird, I'm fucked up. I mean, yeah, 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 me all thinking thinking about this stuff now. Two days, it's like, I can only see a girl for two days. I don't know why. Two nights is what you're getting Uh in the schedule. And like, if it goes to three, I have a freak out because I, and I'm in reality, it's not like I'm doing comedy. That's this, you know, every night, like five nights a week. It's like there, I don't know. It's almost like I need, I, I've, I've just created this thing where I need to like decompress. And it's like, how yeah. much does a person need to decompress? Like, it's just, it I feel matter. like I, it's right now. That's what you would like. It's not yeah. a reflection on her. And imagine doing that together. Like, Hey, you know, when I, I do have this thing right now, I don't know if it'll always be there. I don't know if it won't, but right now I find that I need a lot of time just of solitude. Right. I mm-hmm. do too. That's why I get up so early in the morning. That's when I'm mine just so I'm up at I'm up around there. Three thirty four yeah, every day. Right. So because so, like I can work out, I can meditate. I can do all my things. Yeah. I don't right? want to have the hour block of meditation. I want I want the two hours. I just, oh. Even if you don't, you just need the block to like just let that's how you really disconnect. Yes. I agree. I yeah. do other things. I don't med- I only meditate for 15 minutes a day. Personally, I that's mm-hmm. all I think I need. But whatever you need, yeah. right? whatever you want. And so for me, that more, that's my time. And I go to bed really early. That's how I do it. So, but however you do it, but to, again, what happens is then the partner sees it as rejection or whatever, you know, instead of you guys really talking about what it is, that it has nothing to do with her early on. And for her and to say to her, how you feel, what do you need? And she might say, well, I need to know, you know, I need us to, to be together every day. And you're like, oh, then I'm not a good match for you. Well, maybe you'll change later. You know, well, let's try it and say, no, (laughs) if you really need that, I want you to have that. I like you. Mm -hmm. So let's just not even go down this road because trust me, there's plenty of people, women included, who would be really happy with that. You just haven't met them yet because your expectation is that you won't, that there aren't, Mm -hmm. that women are clingy or I don't know, want more or always want more from you than you're willing to give. That's my guess um, somehow. So that's going to be the woman you meet. So let's have a new woman who loves her solitude as much as I do, who finds ways to help me get it, who uh, loves when we are together just to be a thousand percent on. And then when we're not, it's so great. You know, we have such uh, confidence in our relationship that it's just fun. Mm-hmm. And doesn't that feel good? It just feels good to even say out loud. It so does. now I'm expecting that. And now I'm going to meet those women. Now I'm vibrating at that level. Right. And being really honest and not again, like you're a jerk or you're selfish or you're whatever. And some people might call you that, but 
they don't get to tell you what you are. You know where it's from. It's actually because for you, you can't fill a glass from an empty pitcher. And that's when you fill the pitcher. And you need this time to decompress and to disconnect. You do the podcast. You know, I meet with people a lot. I'm, I'm, you're holding people's money. You're, we're, Sit, work we're we, talking to people all day. It's a lot all of day. It's a lot the of work we do entails and necessitates that there's uh, some balance with ourselves. And I must admit, as I'm older, I don't need as much of that. But when I was younger, I did need more as you're working out those skills and figuring all mm-hmm. that out. Right. So you're a lot, it's not a bad thing, or it's like people who want sex more or less, neither's right. We get in this thing, like there's a right way. There's no right way. It's however you want it. That's the right way for you right now. Mm. And that's it. So stop judging it. Stop deciding you can't have it. Stop deciding no women would want it because there's, I mean, we can't get married because I'm in love, but you know, <laughs> if we were married, I'd be so happy. I'm like, great. I like, can we be in separate bedrooms? Like, like perfect. Like we'll just get together for sex. That's great. Which is so sexy, by the way. Like you have to invite yourself over. I think it's hot. So that's great. Or let's not just have sex in bed. Let's do it everywhere else. And then we can just both be in our bedrooms. You can keep it as disgusting as you want. I don't care because it's your room and we can sleep together when we feel like it and not when we don't. Isn't that mm. bad? dream relationship right there. I mean you are just speaking my language and I guess the other piece of this would, would be because now the new thing that's happened is like okay I didn't speak up when I was married now I learned to speak up then it seems like the women think as I go or the women that I have seen mm-hmm. it's like okay this is the way it is they think it's going to change and I just try yeah. to be like I don't it may change it may not change and they think I'm, it's a cop-out but I just think it's the truth and now I I, I am seeing that more people are more women are open to it yeah. at least. So it's just well, the be, more so. you're open to it. You're not even open to it. You are being no. yourself. Up I guess you got to talk about, I guess you have to talk about it too. Cause I, it's almost like I have to, I see myself like I have to say things to like, Oh, well, just so you know, it's, you know, I have to like drop a line or something. It's yeah. Like, no, why? it's so dumb. No, it's so, yeah. It's like mm. in somewhere in the relation, as you move forward, it's just a th- like, otherwise it's like, oh, I have to tell you I'm a recovering addict. You know, like it's like this, <laughs> this thing you have to announce, right? You don't have to announce it. Cause that's you saying that there's something bad about it that the person wouldn't like. So even that is not a positive expectation about it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just being in it. And then as things come up, you'll, you know, you just say it like, oh, you know, I really, when I'm with you, I like to be a thousand percent with you. And when I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of a thousand percent, not like, that's just how I do. It's got nothing to do with fidelity or anything else. It's just how I do it. Um, how do you feel about that? How do you like to do things? Have a conversation, have a conversation again, where you can maybe build something together. I talk to people a lot about relationships should not be a straight line. You know, it's like, I'm over here, you're over here, and we're always negotiating along this line. But we know from the research that when people negotiate, both sides feel they gave up more than the other. (laughs) Do you Mm -hmm. love that? So negotiations are always a a bad thing, really, in that way. So I tell people, think of your relationship like a triangle. So you're not trying to negotiate along an A and a B. You know, you, you both are down here at the base, and you're trying to think of something ahead of you that the two of you don't even know about yet that you're going to create together. So we're not trying to like win or get one way or convince or manipulate. We're both going to get creative and thoughtful about how it could look in some other way that neither of us has even thought of yet. How cool is that? And even when it seems like I had a couple recently who were back and forth about private school for their kid. So that can seem right. She wanted public. He wanted private. That can seem like it's well, black and white choices. Uh, 
Uh-uh. Think about it. Think about it. There's a million different choices in that. It, it, it's, it's, it's about being willing to brainstorm what else exists in the world besides, oh, well, there's private schools that look public and public schools that look private. And maybe the kid could be homeschooled or maybe the kid, I don't know, or it could be in a pod of families or maybe you can move countries and see what that system's like. Or maybe there's a million things to do if you're creative. So what can we create together? What, what are our thoughts about what we really want and what we think these things mean to us? And then what could we think about that? Very different. Man, Abby, you blew my mind today. That's my job. That's awesome. Abby, seriously, thank you so much um, for your time. Uh, I'm going to be sitting here thinking about all this, these things. I'm going to have to rewatch this. <laughs> be texting me later going. Yeah, I'm gonna, Ab- that's good. This is this a construct in my mind. Is this, is this enough? But um, everybody, seriously, please check it out. Um, relationships made easy. You can find it in the notes below. Um, Abby, anything else you want to tell anybody? Make sure that we can find you. I'll I link think everything. That's it. You know, my website has everything, abbymetcalf.com, yeah, you know, all the ways to find me on social and, and there's free, I have a free optimism jumpstart workshop a, on a there. There's a mindfulness. There's a mindfulness starter kit on there. It's free. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that, uh, I try to make things accessible no matter what there's things you can pay for if you want, but there's very free things with nothing sleazy about it. <laughs> Just, you know, a total give to try to help people, you know, feel better. Awesome, Abby. On YouTube, um, if you're watching, I think the subscribe button would be there over here. Here, subscribe button. Um, if you're listening on Apple, uh, just tell one of your friends. As always, thank you guys so much for the support. Um, Closing the Effect community, thank you guys so much for the growth. I really appreciate it. Uh, as always, stay safe, stay positive, stay blessed. We'll talk to you later. Bye bye. <laughs>